Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. My soul, forget not all his benefits. Ah, he is the one that redeemed you from all your sickness, from all your affliction, from all your trials, from all your pain. So I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Father God, we commit this time of studying your word to you, Father God. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for understanding. Thank you for giving us your insight and giving us a hearing ear and and an understanding heart father god in jesus mighty name amen praise the lord beloved this is your brother joshua here again by the mercies of god we are still speaking about the hundredfold return soil of the parable of the sower which we have by the mercies of God identified scripturally as the saint and today we want to continue on that as the Lord leads and I will need your patience um, because this this may uh, it may seem I'm, I'm going off tangent, but it is connected. Uh, we're going to start from John chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. John chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Beloved, I hope and pray that you do have your Bibles with you. Because that is indispensable in and for this podcast don't believe what I say believe what the word of God says that I'm saying it says because you are reading along with me John 3 verse 1 to 5 the Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art the teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles ex- that thou doest except God be with him. Uh, I need to point out quickly though, brethren, that I- I'll be reading uh, a lot from the scriptures uh, today, like we always do, but Today may seem to be more. 
Okay, verse 3. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again? Can, how can a man be born, I should say, when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, we're talking about saints, beloved. Yeah, it, by the end of this podcast, it should make sense. But I know that the Holy Ghost himself will teach you what he's trying to say today. Now, John 3, 3, we just read, said, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then verse 5 says, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Beloved, the first step on this journey is to be born again. Now, being born again is not the destination, but it is the commencement of the journey it's not the destination no it is the commencement of the journey it is the beginning of the journey it is the activation of the journey the starting point now Please, please, just, just, just pay attention to me, please, beloved. Jesus said in verse 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And except a man be born of water and of spirit, verse 5, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Before you can enter the kingdom of God, you have to see the kingdom of God and see where you are supposed to be heading. Now, please stay with me. Now, this may mess with your theology, but there are actually two kingdoms that the New Testament talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, there are two kingdoms the New Testament talks about. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. It says, For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, and of God, the kingdom of Christ and of God. 
it's not the kingdom of Christ and God. I don't know what your translation says. Um, but King James says, the kingdom of Christ and of God. Of Christ and of God. There's the kingdom of Christ and there's the kingdom of God. But, okay, now that is not the permanent situation because the kingdom of Christ will later be swallowed up by the kingdom of God. Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 and 24. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every, every word shall be established. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not speaking strange doctrine, I'm just uh, by the help of God uh, endeavoring to rightly divide the truth. The word of truth, the word of God. First Corinthians 15, let's read verse 20, from verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. First Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Listen now to verse 24. Then come at the end when he, who is he? He's talking about Christ shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. What is he saying? In the end, end, <laughs> if that makes sense, what the end here being the permanent state of affairs, that won't change afterwards. That's the end. Because I hope you get that. Uh, the end means because eternity, this is an eternal kingdom that has no end, but the end is the end of change, if that makes sense, is the end of a change of affairs in this state this is the state that is going to remain for eternity that's the end because it says here in verse 24 Christ would deliver up the kingdom what kingdom his kingdom to God don't forget now uh, I'm not I'll just mention it in passing there is the thousand year reign of Christ for example that's not the end. That is a state of affairs that will change. So that's not the end. But in the end, end, if you please, Christ will deliver up his kingdom to the Father. So 
go back now we're going to read Ephesians 5 and 5 again so you see what I'm saying for you know that no harmonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and in the kingdom of God. It says there, and of God, of Christ and of God. So there are two kingdoms there. Now, yes, we're talking about saints, but we'll get in there, please. Just, just be a little patient with me. Okay. Now, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 13 says this. Colossians 1, let's start from verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I want to read that again. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. The saints have an inheritance in light. And God, verse 12 says, is making us meet to partake of that. But how did he do that? Or how does he do that, I should say? Look at verse 13. Who? Talking about the Father. Giving thanks unto the Father, verse 12 says. Verse 13 says, Who has delivered us from the what? Power of darkness. And what did he do? And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. I want us to read that again. God, talking about the Father, delivered us from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, and he translated just like that, like, boom, move from here to there, translate from here to there in an instant. It's in an instant he translated us from the kingdom and the power of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. He didn't translate us into his own kingdom. <laughs> uh, beloved, God will show you things in the scriptures that you've never heard about. They are not new because they've been there since the beginning. But our eyes have been opened unto them. The Bible says in Colossians 1.13, the Father translated us into the kingdom of Jesus. He didn't translate us into the kingdom of the Father. Okay. We'll see why in a minute. First, again, we're talking about saints, beloved. Please stay with me. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says that you should walk worthy of God. That's the Father. Who has called you 
unto his kingdom and glory. Now hold on. He's talking to Christians. And he's saying that God has called us unto his kingdom. I thought I was already in his kingdom. The Father moved us from darkness to the kingdom of his Son. And in the kingdom of his Son, he is calling us into his kingdom. Mm. Okay, uh, I know I know some of us are still skeptical. Let's look at Acts 14. Acts 14, verse 22. Acts 14, verse 22. The Bible says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Okay, he's talking about Christians. And that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Mm. Beloved, I hope you get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He translated us to the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ, in an instant. We were in. Just like that. But he's saying here, the Holy Ghost is saying, that we much through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, you 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 get it. You get it. Let, let's let's read Second Thessalonians chapter one. Verse 3 to verse 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 to verse 5. The Bible says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounded. Verse 4, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Verse 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be, he's talking to Christians, that you may be, He's talking to Christians that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. He's not talking about the kingdom of Christ. Of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. For which you also suffer. Remember what Acts 14.22 says that, you must true, that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. That's in the book of Acts. That's what Luke wrote by the Holy Ghost. And Paul is writing by the Holy Ghost, echoing the same thing in 2 Thessalonians 
uh, chapter one verse five, that you must be that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelations. Revelations. Chapter fifteen, verse one to three. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Mm. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. You know what, beloved? Okay, let me just say this. Uh, This is not talking about the saints now, but I feel I need to say something right there. First, uh, verse 1 of Revelation 15. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Okay, beloved, if you are still struggling about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Christ that we talked about, uh, I feel the Lord is asking me to say this at this junction right here uh, to give you an assignment, uh, to give you homework. In the book of Revelation, please, Research and search out the wrath of God and the wrath of the Lamb of God. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You need to search it out for yourself. Yes, yes, yes. I know certain things are said on TV and and uh, in your church doctrine and and all these wonderful places. Praise the Lord for all that. But in the book of Revelations, which book if you read, there's a blessing just to read it according to the same book. Ask God for wisdom. I want you to search out where it talks about the wrath of the Lamb and where he talks about the wrath of God. And you will see, beloved, that there are two separate wraths. There are two separate punishment that is deployed, two separate sets of punishment, I should say, that is deployed upon the earth from the wrath of the Lamb and from the wrath of God. What am I saying? I'm saying the lamb has his kingdom. The lamb has his wrath. The father has his kingdom. The father has his wrath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I know they've been lumped together in your church doctrine, but oh, Lord. I, I don't want to digress on that. Um, Now, as the Lord leads, we may, but 
uh, I've just lived it, live, live that as is and continue. Uh, let, let me go back on point. Now, it says, Revelations 15, uh, that we read uh, uh, from verse, we read verse 1. Verse 2 says, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand in the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sang, I'm sorry, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Mm. King of saints. King of saints. His kingdom is a kingdom of saints. Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, Lord, help us. Beloved, let's go back quickly and see what we just read. Forgive me, I'm being repetitious. But repetition has is blessing. Acts 14.22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. 2 Thessalonians 1.5 Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you suffer. Now let's see Revelations 13 and 10. Revelations 13 verse 10 it says he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed by the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. The saints have a, have a, a different kind of patience. Eh? They have a different kind of faith. They, they have a, here is the patience and the faith of saints. They are, you, you see them being, being slaughtered. You see Stephen being stoned to death. He's not cursing God and dying. No. Here is the patience of saints. Mm. You see Lazarus the beggar, a beggar till he died. But obviously he was a beggar that was rich in faith. According to James, has God not chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Has God not chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His faith was the faith of saints that he had. Yeah, I know some of us can can't stand it if we if we can't get uh, 
dream Lamborghini. Lord, I, I claim a pink Lamborghini. Yes, Lord, I claim it. I claim that pink Lamborghini. If we can't get that pink Lamborghini, after we've prayed for two weeks, ish, God is no good. But the saints have a certain patience and a certain faith. Look at Revelations 14, verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Ah, <laughs> uh, they keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So we see in verse 15, chapter 15 of Revelations that we read that this God is called proudly the King of Saints. Uh, beloved, I pray, I pray, I pray that I may be found worthy, that you may be found worthy. Uh, I have to go now, beloved. Until next time, may God bless you richly. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All the glory.